1: Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.
4: With the Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
4: Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: This is the Greg Peterson Experience
5: on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
6: It is hour number two of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, and we've got a tremendous hour for you guys coming up as we're going to be joined in about 15 minutes by Justin Perry. He does a great job over there at odds checker. He's a tremendous MLB handicapper. We're going to get his thoughts on what we've been seeing with totals recently as we've been seeing a nice run of overs the last few weeks and then dive into a few games that we're getting on Sunday as well. And also talk about a few streaky teams as the Atlanta Braves are now riding a 10 game winning streak. As it sits right now, the Angels, they have lost all but one of their last 16 games and also got the Milwaukee Brewers, a team that is very fond of my heart. Currently, I believe they have now lost six or eight straight games with what wound up happening tonight. So you got a lot of teams that are having ups and downs. So we're going to be talking about that all throughout, both with Justin and just for the entirety of the show in general. We're also going to be taking a look at the NBA Finals. Game four is going to be coming up or game five is going to be coming up on Monday. So we're going to get you guys a little bit covered there and also, I have to alert you guys that we now have game one for the Stanley Cup finals set. As I'll hit my DK Nation pick for the MLB in a few minutes, but this game just wound up going final. Rangers, they do wind up falling by a count of two to one to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Steven Samkos winds up being able to score both goals for the Tampa Bay Lightning in this one. So, they wound up taking the under of five and a half. That winds up getting there. In game total of two and a half wound up being able to get there as well. That wound up going over, but that said, Certainly an under series, and we we'll end up seeing another under between these two. And now we've got Lightning versus Avalanche Game One lines coming out right now, and it's going to be interesting to see what we wind up getting in these. So we're going to have that all squared away once we wind up getting some more set numbers. And if you're looking at a series price, DraftKings, I know that while this was in play, was listening, was listening the Tampa Bay Lightning right around a plus 150. We shall see if. That winds up being the price right now as it sits. Colorado Avalanche, minus 180 on the series price. Tampa Bay Lightning, plus 155. So that's going to be fascinating to take a look at, to say the least. And once again, once we wind up getting more set numbers for game one, if that winds up coming on this show, I will pass those along to you guys. So we've got a Stanley Cup final set. We've also got set one I'm going to be taking a look at in Major League Baseball on Sunday. How about if we wind up hitting my DK Nation pick? Right now, we'll talk a little bit more about the games for Sunday with Justin Perry on the other side in about 15 or so minutes as well. But we're going to be going out to the American League in this one. 969, 970 on the betting board. You've got the Kansas City Royals. are going to be playing us. The Baltimore Orioles as Dean Kramer is going to be going for the Orioles. And Brad Keller is going to be on the bump for the Royals. The Royals, they open up a minus 115 favor. We've seen them move recently to more around a minus 125. And the total on this game Anywhere between 9.5 and, and 10, if you're finding a 9.5, that overjuice is going to be minus 120. You're finding a 10. Under is going to be anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. And what I'm going to be riding with, with regards to my DK Nation pick is Kansas City Royals in this spot. Now, the Royals, currently they've got the worst record in the big leagues. It has not been going well for them this season. But the 1-7 uh, and record that you've got for Brian Keller, it is a little bit misleading. He's got a 275 ERA at home. And it's just been a case in which, team has not been able to score a lot of runs for him. Three runs or fewer in seven out of his 11 starts for this bunch. And I take a look at Dean Kramer, and he's going to be getting his second start of the season this year. But he wanted getting plenty of starts last season. He wanted making 12 or 13 starts. So he's got an overall sample size of 14 starts over the last two seasons. And boy, it has not been going well for him in this time span. He's got an ERA that is fairly below six, he is giving up 2.8 home runs. For nine innings, four walks, given up for nine. And you take a look at what he wound up doing at the minor league level this season as well. It's not like he was lighting the world on fire. He wound up being able to get three minor league starts. He wound up pitching nine innings. He gave up two walks for nine innings. So, I mean, it's just one of these cases which I don't know why Dean Kramer just continues to get opportunities, but he is. And then for the Kansas City Royals, they are going to need to pick it up with regards to of the bullpen. They are a team that... Towards the bottom with regards to bullpen ERA thus far this season, they are in the bottom 10, but I do think that there's going to be a lot of regression when it comes to this Baltimore Orioles bullpen as well. Because right now, you've got a whole bunch of guys that have posted up a sub 2 ERA Logan Gillespie, along with Ore Lopez, Felix Bautista. I actually really like Felix Bautista, but CNL Perez, all these guys have a sub 2 bullpen ERA for a Orioles team that they're sixth in terms of bullpen ERA now. I don't think that at the end of the year they're going to be 26th or anything like that, but certainly I do think that they are going to take a little bit of a setback here. It's a Baltimore Orioles bullpen that among the top bullpens out there in the big leagues, they're allowing a lot more contact than most of them. Opponents are hitting at 230 off of them, if you take a look, because they're sixth right now in ERA in terms of opponents' batting average. They're more like 12th, so that is something that I think is going to wind up hurting them a little bit. They are a bullpen that in general they do allow a few walks as well so that's a little bit less trustworthy and what else is a little bit less trustworthy is the fact that the Orioles they are second worst in the American League in runs per game on the road number one by a very 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 wide margin is the Detroit Tigers this is a team by the way that in the Detroit Tigers 2.2 runs per game on the road we are 60 games into the season and they're averaging 2.2 runs per game on the road and allow me to tell this to you as well with regards to the Detroit Tigers, coming into the day, they had 30 home runs. If you take Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo, I believe that these two guys have a combined 37. So, the Detroit Tigers as a team, they've got seven fewer home runs than Aaron Judge and also Anthony Rizzo. So, that's what you're currently starting at with regards to that team. But, you do take a look at this Kansas City Royals punch and all of a sudden, you've been able to get a little bit more out of this lineup. They wound up having quite a few injuries to begin the season. Salvador Perez, who wound up having 48 home runs last year, he was struggling, to say the least. He winds up going on the injured list. And ever since he's come off the injured list, he's looked a little bit better. He was in a situation which it really couldn't go a heck of a lot worse for them for him, but has been able to pick it up a little bit. And then you take a look at someone like MJ Melendez. He, Hunter Dozier, Michael A. Taylor, they're all in between about 255-270. to 270. You've been able to have Andrew Benetendi hit above a 300 for the team as well. And then for the Baltimore Orioles, you've got Trey Mancini along with Austin Ace, both of these guys have been able to hit above a 285 for the team, but Cedric Mullins has taking a big setback this season. Adley Rushman wound up having a big day on Saturday, but he's still laying below a 200, former number one pick. You can tell that he's having a little bit of a rough go of it as well. So that is something very much to gauge. And I do think that it's a case in which Dean Kramer just not going to be able to line a very solid start. I do think that we are going to be able to see the Kansas City Rails be able to get the best performance out of Brad Keller in this one, a guy that's giving a blessed home run per nine innings. And has really been good for brad keller as well working on the walks for his career over three and a half walks per nine eggs thus far this season 2.7 walks per nine. that is a career best for him and i do think that he's going to be able to locate well so this is a spot in which i'm going to be taking a look at the under or this is a yep this is a spot in which i'm going to be taking a look at the under but the dk nation pick that is going to be on the cancer royals i set my total a little bit closer to an 8.7 with the way that the royals has struggled a little bit more on offense and you've also got yourself a baltimore orioles team that they have not been able to produce a lot of runs on the road either so we're looking under and with the dk nation pick i am going to be taking a look at the Kansas city royals on the money line and gotta alert you guys to this if you notice i was sort of a little bit perplexed that's because the san diego padres just wound up taking out mackenzie gore and mackenzie gore got gored in this game i mean it is currently four to zero we're in the top of the third inning so mackenzie gore wound up getting seven outs he is currently responsible for the two men on base now I will say this no favors done out there in the field for mackenzie gore the san diego padres they've already got two errors but the san diego padres in a double header which is going to feature at least 19 innings may now have to go to the bullpen to be able to get 20 outs that is not ideal right there and if you're taking a look at being able to bet this thing live well the Colorado Rockies who are closing in a lot of places right around a two dollar underdog they're now a six dollar favorite so that's not ideal You'll to up taking the under in the Boston Red Sox versus Seattle Mariners game. This is not ideal either. Four to three is the count. We're currently in the bottom of the second inning. Michael Wacha has gotten just completely destroyed. And you know what? On the flip side, George Kirby thus far has gotten completely destroyed as he wound up allowing a home run to Rafael Devers early on in this one. And now for the Seattle Mariners, you wound up having Julio Rodriguez be able to get his eighth home run in the season. And by the way, Julio Rodriguez actually came into this game with, I believe, 17 stolen bases. He currently Leads the league in terms of stolen bases. He has been really good for the Seattle Mariners team. But as it sits right now, 4-3. It's in the bottom of the second inning. Michael Waka, it looks like, is going to be still out there. But that said, it has not been necessarily going well for him either. So you got that situation brewing. And we've also been seeing some fireworks thus far in Los Angeles. Currently, it's bottom of the third inning. The Angels are up by a count of 3-0. to zero, And... You know what? They have got a man on second base right now, as well as Mets are going to be able to get out of the third inning. But that said, Angels have gotten up by a count of three to zero. A little bit of a new look team for the LA Angels in that they have been dealing with an injury to a pair of guys. Mike Trout wound up being able to return in the fold after he wound up missing three or four games. And Anthony Rendon was on the injured list for quite a bit. He winds up returning to the lineup and go figure. Both of these guys wind up being able to manufacture RBIs So these additions have been able to help out the angels and if you're looking at this live total is eight and a half so right around where we wound up closing with regards to the total but as said the angels are now finding themselves minus 525 on the money line might not be the worst look to take a look at the new york mets live you're currently finding them at a plus 325 on the money line catching two and a half runs you're able to find them at a minus 110. keep in mind this angels bullpen is terrible I mean, there's no other way to put it. This Angels bullpen is awful. Rocio Iglesias currently has north of a four ERA. Ryan Tapera, along with Aaron Luper, the two guys that were supposed to get him the ball. Both of these guys have north of a four ERA. Oliver Ortega is probably your next most trustworthy guy. Jimmy Irrigate, he's actually been a relatively good long guy for the scene, but among your 30 MLB squads, the Los Angeles Angels, they are one of the worst out there with regards to ERA. Right now, they are posting up a 4.26 with regards to your ERA among the 30 MLB teams that are currently clocking in at 23rd. And if you took a look at that giants versus Dodgers game, it was the giants that were able to close out the deal as a relatively big underdog. And the man that always closes the deal with regards to being able to provide great MLB analysis, that'd be Justin Perry over there at odds, over there at odds checker. He is going to be joining me next right here on the Greg Peterson experience on V-CIN, sports Bank Network.
3: so what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
2: You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN,
5: the sports betting network.
6: This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Are you tired of the same old, same old when it comes to nicotine? Have you been looking, hoping, and wishing for a more satisfying and discreet or smoke free way to be able to have nicotine satisfaction? Then look for three letters ZYN. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a satisfyingly smoke free and spit free tobacco alternative available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more for your convenience. Each variety comes in two strengths so that way you can easily find the satisfaction level. Perfect for you. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch and is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning that it's ever been easier to find your Zen. So head over to zen.com slash find the located store near you. That is zyn.com slash find. And warning, this is a pr- product that contains nicotine and nicotine. It is an addictive chemical. As We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Peterson. And Justin Perry is joining me right now. He does a great job over there at Checker, terrific MLB Handicapper. And able to find him on Twitter at Justin Perry 8. Last name is spelled P-E-R-R-I. And Justin, great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you.
5: Hey, Greg. How you doing? Always a pleasure to be on the show.
6: It is a pleasure to have you aboard. And Before we start taking a look at games for Sunday slash live action that we've got going on right now, I've got to ask you about this because we are noticing a bunch of streaks right now in major league baseball the Phillies are riding a big win streak ever since they won a canning Joe Girardi they have not lost the Atlanta Braves have now won 10 straight games the LA Angels well they have won one out of their last 16 games and are apparently deciding to play Nickelback which that's just never a good decision whatsoever but with that said we've got a lot of teams that right now they're riding big winning streaks or they're riding big losing streaks as well How do you wind up pricing this into your handicap? Because I always think that it's so interesting to take a look at these teams, either winning or on big giant skids.
5: It's definitely an interesting twist to handicapping any sport, right? When you see a team just winning over and over or taking losses again and again, it can be hard to kind of filter out that bias, but you need to look at each game with an individual perspective try to break down the data last game shouldn't impact the next game too much aside for you know especially in baseball bullpen usage rest days things like that but you can't let it get into your head too much i mean there can be a lot of value fading these streaks because the market is going to want to keep riding it but you have to be able to pick your spots too it can definitely be a little difficult
6: yep i agree with you if you have a team that you think is supposed to be minus 150 you don't wind up sending them to minus two dollars because you think that Their seven-game win streak is going to become eight. I would say maybe you should shade up that minus 150 a little bit, but that's it. You don't want to be making too much of a dramatic move there, so I am in agreement with you there. And speaking of one of those teams that is currently on a very, very bad slide, we've right now got the LA Angels currently in the lead, and I do think that it's going to be interesting to see what we wind up getting on Sunday as well, because right now they're in relatively good shape for this game, but it's going to be Patrick Sandoval and Taiwan Walker in an ultimate pick 'em game. Every place I'm seeing this, whether the juice is minus 105 or minus 110, it is dead equal on both sides with a total of nine. And I do think that this is a fascinating spot because Patrick Sandoval has been terrific this year, but he has yet to allow a home run this season. You got to figure that at some point that is going to wind up coming to an end. Meanwhile, Taiwan Walker. Last year, he was giving up a whole bunch of home runs. He hasn't gotten a lot of strikeouts, but has been able to keep the ball in the yard. What are your thoughts here? Because this is going to be the Sunday night baseball game, and it's about as dead equal as it gets, and I personally lean a little bit to the Mets in this spot.
5: I'm a pretty big supporter of the Mets, Greg. I think they are one of the more consistent offenses in baseball, but they have suffered a little bit on this West Coast road trip. A lot of teams that go on these long, trips out to the other coast can stumble a bit. And we saw in their Padres series. And I wouldn't be shocked to see them, you know, have a little bit of trouble on Sunday night baseball primetime game late night. Uh, It's going to be a tough game for them. But I do think that with how the Angels have looked, you have to look to keep baiting them a bit. I know Mike Trout has a home run on Sunday night. Sorry, Saturday night. So Nice to see him picking it up, but I still just like that lineup for the New York Mets a little bit too much to ignore this price. I'll definitely be looking to take them for some Sunday Night Baseball action.
6: And what I think is a little bit unfortunate about this Sunday Night Baseball game as well is that a handicapping angle that I always look at, so this is going to be good for future weeks, is taking a look at the teams that they play on Sunday Night Baseball and then fading the heck out of them on Monday because I've noticed it just time and time again. It doesn't matter if it's a home team, if it's the road team. The teams that they wind up playing Sunday night, they just seem to always wind up giving a little bit of a bad effort the next day. I mean, look no further than the L.A. Dodgers. A few weeks ago, they played on Sunday Night Baseball. They go to Pittsburgh, and they wind up getting destroyed by the Pirates, which the Pirates owning the L.A. Dodgers is a story in and of itself. But that said, do you wind up taking a little bit of that approach as well? Because I found that really the last few seasons in general to have been a really good handicapping angle.
5: Definitely a good handicapping angle. I have to agree with you there. I think it really comes to play when they do have to go and play on that Monday the next day when they don't have that time to catch up. Rest disadvantages can be really important. So most of the teams play at 1 p.m. 2 p.m. 4 p.m. on a on a Saturday Sunday night. So I don't know. We'll see how it does for the Mets. I think they're going to be coming home to play the Brewers on Tuesday. So getting a little bit of that break might make it less of a fade for me. But if a team is playing the very next day after a Sunday night game, I- I'm definitely looking to go the other
6: way. And being a Milwaukee Brewers fan, they're catching the Milwaukee Brewers at just the right time because it has not been going so well for them. And then something else I think is going to be intriguing to take a look at for Sunday as well as that. Now every single Sunday, we wind up getting a very early game on Peacock. It's at 8 35 AM Pacific time, 11 35 AM Eastern. So if you're out here on the west coast you might want to fire in overnight if you're looking to get a little bit of sleep but it's going to be the oakland ace and cleveland guardians and guardians right now finding them in quite a few spots as we're going to call it a mid to upper size favorite anywhere between about a minus 160 to a minus 165 and a total of eight. I don't know how you wind up gauging early games, but typically I wind up shading down my totals just a little bit, not in the case of which I would set a total at nine and all of a sudden I'm gonna be setting it at like a seven and a half or anything like that, but I do tend to bump my totals down just a little bit because I think that the bats are gonna be coming out a little bit sleepy and At an eight, I'll be taking a look at an under personally. Not sure where you wind up standing on this one, but I do think that it's a really interesting spot here just because we aren't used to having this early of games and we've been seeing it pretty much every Sunday.
5: Yeah, it's definitely not easy for the hitters to get up get active. Uh, These guys go through a lot of workouts every day, get their blood pumping, they're like athletes to their core, right? And if you start changing routines, it can be difficult This is something where I think you need to start looking at splits, especially for pitchers in their careers. See if you have a guy who has adapted to playing day games well. Some pitchers just can't do it. So if you're going to go bet on an early team, make sure you just check out that the pitchers can handle day games. They also can struggle with routine changes. But like you said, the bats can just come out a little bit sleepy, especially if they've been playing the day before. We've seen trends just on regular day games, following night games, sometimes having these lower totals come out. So to see it being even another two hours earlier than normal, it definitely could have a sluggish effect on the offenses.
6: Yep. And I, trust me, there are a lot of people out here on the West coast that typically they're waking up and like any number three, any number four. So if you're one of those people, you probably want to try to fire in overnight if at all possible there as well. And something else I always want to take a look at as well is because we wound up seeing a double header today with regards to Rockies and Padres and I'm not sure if you want to see this, but Mackenzie Gore got knocked out in the third inning of this game. So the San Diego padres they're gonna to need to get at least 20 outside of the bullpen. Currently, Rocky's up by kind of six to zero. So if you took that plus price, you should be feeling pretty good about this right now. But it's gonna be Irman Marquez against Blake Snell. And I already like this total of eight and a half over because Irman Marquez has given up fewer than three runs in one start this year. And that was start number one. And Blake Snell, ever since he got to San Diego, he has been an absolute hot mess. I'm not sure where you wind up sitting on this, but was feeling pretty good about the over beforehand. And now, with a just completely tired bullpen, especially for the San Diego Padres, I like it all the more.
5: Yeah. Any game where you can say we're going to turn to Blake Snell for extended innings probably yeah. warrants an overlook. I do believe this means that the Colorado Rockies, should they win this game, will be undefeated in the second game of doubleheaders. So, That's an interesting stat to keep watching. I I was expecting that to regress, but they seem to just know how to win this second game, get some runs on the board. I'll definitely be looking for that total to go over. My guess is the Padres could try to answer the high score from today. We see a little bit of back and forth. Like you mentioned, the starter coming out for the Rockies, not exactly somebody you can trust. They have a pretty mediocre rotation in general. So overs with this team, they definitely have some great bats, Blackman, Poole, And then of course, uh, man, I I can't believe I'm forgetting CJ Cron's name right now. Yes. Thank you. Uh, It is, it's 1115 out here right now, 1125. (laughs) But look, I think that both these teams have some good, some good consistent bats. So yeah, I like that over, especially if we know the bullpens are going to need to carry more weight. Uh, It just might not be pretty.
6: Yep. It might not be pretty there. And Hey, if we wind up getting what we're getting right now in Seattle versus Boston, I'd be very happy about that. As Justin, I know you're doing a great job taking a look at all things out there on the diamond. Always great to have you aboard, my friend. Thank you so much.
5: Oh, my pleasure, Greg. Have a good night.
6: Justin won the best in the business. Great to be able to get his thoughts there. And what I was talking about a little bit towards back half of that interview. Right now it is Padres versus Rockies, bottom of the third inning. Mackenzie Gore has been knocked out of the game. It is six to zero Rockies. And if you're looking at an in-game price, well, you're right now fighting the Rockies minus 950 live and your in-game total it is now up to 11.5 so we have certainly seen that balloon and something else that is ballooning the NBA finals I'm going to be breaking down game five next right here on VSIN, the sports betting network
5: you're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on Vsin, the sports betting network
6: The MLB season is in full swing and you can play ball with the Peacock MLB Sunday leadoff challenge. Just draft your players and compete for free for up to $10,000 in prizes. Head on over to draftkings.com Peacock for more info. Don't just watch your shows. Peacock them. Terms and conditions and other eligible restrictions do apply See draftkings.com for details Says it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. And speaking of Peacocks, they are letting me fly tonight, and Justin Peacock, he, or w- er, <laughs> Justin Perry, <laughs> he was able to join me in the last segment. I just have Peacock on the mind when I wind up doing that read. Justin Perry doing an absolutely terrific job over there. Not, Shark, do not, search Justin Peacock. I do not know what you're going to get. It could be some very, very awesome player, because I know that Matt Peacock winds up pitching for the Arizona Diamondbacks, so a darn shame that they don't have Arizona on that Peacock game for Sunday, but... With that said, Justin Perry doing an absolutely terrific job over there at Oddschecker.com. He wanted to join me in the last segment, so there is that. And also, just wanted to pass along that the main UFC fights are going to be going down relatively soon as well. We've had a relatively interesting card over there in Singapore thus far. It's going to be Vlatina Shevchenko versus Taya Santos. They're going to be doing battle within the next few minutes, and Shevchenko. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. Big giant favorite. Minus 650, or minus 630, I should say. I don't think that there's a lot of value here on Santos. If I really had to bet it, I would take a look at Santos. But, that said, I would, if you really like Shevchenko, find a way to be able to bet this and be able to reduce the juice because that's the only way I could get behind it. And then clover over to Shira and Yuri Projeka. They're going to be doing battle in a few minutes as well. That's a fight that's probably going to be coming up within about an hour or so. This is later for 9.30 p.m. Pacific time. Might wind up being a little bit earlier slash later, depending upon how the pay-per-view winds up going. But Tichero finding himself plus 185. Up and down guy. I would not want to bet this until I wind up seeing just the first couple seconds of this fight. But with that said, the round prop in a lot of places is right around one and a half. So you're probably not going to be able to bet this in fight very, very long in general because this fight might be over within about 35 seconds. But with that said, price seems relatively right to me. I do think that Projaka should be a little bit of a favorite here. I would put it more like minus 180, minus 185 personally, but not a whole lot of disagreement there. As I do have a little bit more with regards to the NBA as we're going to have game four, we're going to have game five getting set to go on Monday. And a little bit strange because typically you always expect with the NBA to to be every other day. They're going to have a full Two days off, so this is a game that's going to be on Monday. But with that said, right now we're finding the Golden State Warriors as a three and a half point favorite total on this game. Just keeps going down, down, down. Is out at a 212. We wind up seeing the total in Game Four. A lot of places be more in the neighborhood about a 214, 214 and a half. So these totals they just keep on drifting a little bit further down. I think it might be starting to go a little bit too far, but. I wouldn't want to take this total unless if I'm able to take a look at it in game because we have seen a lot of swings just all throughout this series and this has been a very good series for both in-game betting and just taking the spread out of it by and by taking the spread out of it I mean the favorite every time they have won they have been able to cover the spread relatively convincingly and it's not just been for this series but it's really been for the NBA playoffs in general and with regards to the underdog they've all been pretty much winning outright. You it has not been a case in which you wind up finding a spread in this instance, the Celtics getting three and a half points, in which the Celtics wind up losing by like two or three to be able to cover the spread. They either win outright or they get blown out. There hasn't been a whole lot of in-between. Was refreshing to finally see a relatively close game yesterday, but I do take a look at this Golden State Warriors team, and I just sort of had that feeling in game four that they would be able to come out and give their best effort because this is now a Warriors team that, as a franchise, they have won at least one road game in 27 straight playoff series. This dates back to their series against the Denver Nuggets back in, I believe it was 2013, that they wound up beginning this run, so that's even before Steve Kerr wanted up getting there, and obviously with Kerr, 24 playoff series, they've won at least one game on the road in every one of them, so... Certainly has been a supreme effort there. And right now, if you're taking a look at the series price with regards to the futures at DraftKings, you're finding the Golden State Warriors at minus 130. I think that this is tremendous value. I think that the Warriors are going to be able to find a way to be able to win the series. And I mean, if you like the Boston Celtics, you might as well take the money line in all three games. Because I mean, if you just wind up taking the money line right now, you're finding them at a plus 110. You wind up winning two and you wind up losing one you're going to be able to make yourself a little bit of profit there, especially because they need to win at least one of these road games. You're going to be finding them as a favorite in game six at home. Got to figure that that's going to be a relatively similar line to what we've right now got with regards to the Golden State Warriors being right around a three and a half to a four point favorite as, oh boy, Jonathan Dassa wound up getting hurt, hit by a, he wound up batting the ball, wound up hitting him in an area that you just don't want to be hidden as a guy. And, Right now, my thoughts and prayers go out to him with regards to that. But sorry about getting distracted there. You got a feel for a guy. It's currently 6-0 with the Colorado Rockies in the lead against the San Diego Padres. That is currently in the top of the fourth inning. But you do take a look at this Golden State Warriors team. And all of a sudden, they've been able to just have a little bit more on the glass. Which, that's really the big reason why... They wanted falling in game three. They just wound up getting completely obliterated on glass. You take a look at what they were able to do in game four. And it was a complete reversal. The Warriors wound up winning the rebound battle by a count of 55 to 42. And I don't think that the Warriors need to not even just beyond winning the rebound battle. They don't need to win the rebound battle by 12 plus rebounds. In my opinion, if they just wind up playing even up, that's going to be good enough for them. Andrew Wiggins wound up having himself an absolutely tremendous performance. See 17 points. I mean... That's solid, but it doesn't jump out the way that the 16 rebounds do. He did a terrific job there. They wound up shaking things up with Kevon Looney coming in off the bench, and he responded really well. He had a plus minus that was the best on the team at a plus 120, or at a plus 21. He wound up having 11 boards in 28 minutes, so he was able to do a solid job there. As we all know, Steph Curry, he was able to do his things, eight of nine at the free throw line, seven to 14 from three-point range. But what I think is going to be the big X factor here for the Golden State Warriors can Clay Thompson wind up having that one game where he just absolutely erupts? He wound up having 18 points in game four, which is solid. I mean, no question about it. And in game three, even he wound up being able to go off for 25 points, but it feels like in every one of these series, he's had at least one game where he's just wound up coming out and he wanted being able to erupt for 30 plus. He wound up having a game in that Denver series in which he wound up having 32 in game six against the Memphis Grizzlies. He wound up going eight of 14 from three point range for 30 points in that Close-out game against the Mavericks he went off for 32 going 8 of 16 from three-point range we're still waiting for that big play Thompson game and I do think that it could wind up coming in this game being able to go back to San Francisco I think is going to be very big for the team. and then you take a look at this Boston Celtics team and what I think is going to be intriguing is just what you're going to be able to get outside of the big two of this team in Jason Tatum coupled with Jalen Brown I feel like Jalen Brown's Point props, I've just been set a little bit too high in general. We've been finding his numbers in a lot of spots right around about a 24 to a 24 and a half. If you take a look at what he's going to be for this game five, right now you're finding his player prop total right in that neighborhood. Once again, they've lowered it a little bit to 23 and a half, but I don't think that that's a big enough reaction. The only way I'd be looking at an over is if it would be at a 22 or fewer. I still think that this is a point or two little bit too high and then without Horford he's actually a guy that for the Boston Celtics I'd be taking a look at his over he wound up having just eight points out there in game four but we all remember what he was able to do in game one and he's really been a difference maker for the Boston Celtics because with the Celtics they're going up against the Warriors team that they've got that championship pedigree Steph Curry Clay Thompson they were a part of those teams that wound up winning all those titles a few seasons ago Al Horford is really the guy that has been on the big stage before for the team so he's leading a bunch of guys like Marcus Smart, like Jason Tatum, that they're really finding themselves in their first finals, and he's really been a, for lack of a better term, ship steadier for this team, so I do think that he's going to be able to come in, and he's going to be able to give a good performance when they need him to, and what else I think is a question mark for the Boston Celtics is Derek White, because Derek White wound up going three of five from three-point range, went over his player prop total in game four. He wound up being able to put up 16 points, but his plus minus was by far the worst of any player for the Boston Celtics at a minus 19. And while the three-point shooting was very sad, when he was inside the arc, he also wound up shooting one of seven. So that's going to be something that I'm going to be taking a look at as well. And when it comes to the Gonsay War, worse, relatively insane sad here. You've had Draymond Green get as many fouls as points thus far in this series. He's really been out there trying to elicit reactions, I think is the best way to be able to. Phrase it against the Boston Celtics. Typically, we wind up using illicit reactions to people that wind up posting up random stuff on social media. This time, we're taking a look at it with regards to the NBA Finals, but he's really been able to do a solid job of being able to just put the spotlight a little bit more on Steph Curry. Right now, if you're taking a look at Steph Curry's player prop total, you're going to be finding this at a relatively high number, at a 31.5. I was a little bit nervous about the way that he would wind up coming out in Game 4 because of that... Land that he wound up having on al horford and you could tell that it was maybe a little bit banged up if anything i do think that this could be a little bit of a downer game for him after he was able to rub for 40 plus in the previous contest but i do think that the answer you guys are going to be able to pick them up and i do think that the warriors wind up taking a three to two lead so we're going to be diving into this a little bit further as things wind up going along so i'll also be on the look at tomorrow as well but coming up next we're going to take a look at everything that we're going to be getting on the diamond for sunday and what we've all got here with regards to saturday night games right here on vson esports bank network
2: Demo play. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports
5: betting
6: network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsa.com to check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and the bets are moving for every game? Well the betting splits page has you got you covered and it's updated every ten minutes, so that way you're able to see the changes in the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money is not matching up with the public opinion. You can check out you could check out not just today's action but future events as well. Beeson is here year round to be able to make you a smarter better, so check out today's betting splits for every single game now at VCN.com as it is the Greg Peterson experience right here on Vison the Sports Betting Network. And right now we've got interesting situations that are currently in Major League Baseball. As it was going to be interesting to see if it was scored in air or a hit, but looks like it was scored a hit as the San Diego Padres able to bust up the no hitter that Kyle Friedland wound up having going. It is 6 and 0 right now in the bottom of the fourth inning as Jake Cornerworth wound up hitting a ball to, I believe it was Jonathan Daza, who I could completely understand why you want to making an error. He was having an at bat like a few minutes ago and wind up having a ball bounce up and hit him in a place that you don't want to get hit in. And then he winds up committing what should have been an error, but instead it was a double when, if you're betting on some of these more, shall we say exotic things with regards to like player to get a hit in a game or anything like that, you want to be taking note of this because I mean, Daza winds up camping under it, ball hits his glove and they still wind up giving the guy a hit. I cannot stand it. I mean, That should not be a hit in any stretch of the imagination, but typically you'll find that the official scorer is going to be like, ah, that's a hit. Good enough. I, he's got a nice wife and kids. Why not just give him a hit? Let's make everyone feel good or something like that, except for the starting pitcher. But that said, it's always an interesting situation. And then, Of course, they always wind up making the starting pitcher feel good because whenever there's an error on the pitcher, it's unearned runs even though the pitcher wound up committing in the error. I still feel like we need a way to be able to take these guys with regards to these runs because when you wind up giving up three unearned runs on your own error, there needs to be some way to be able to score that to the pitcher because that's something that you want to be taking a look at as well because some of these guys, they do not feel their position well at all, but that's a discussion for another show and another day, but it is 6-0. Rockies are currently up in the lead as I wind up going on that manifesto. And currently, you're finding an in-game total that, depending upon the market, you're going to be finding it anywhere between a a 10.5 and an 11. Currently, the juice on the 10 is at even. So we're going to be taking a look at that. And currently, the Seattle Mariners and the Boston Red Sox, after they scored seven runs in the first two innings, have been held scoreless ever since then. If you're looking at the Mariners live, you're finding them as a $3 favorite with George Kirby. Being able to settle down and hold down the fort after what was a very bad start to this game. That live total is 10.5 and and Mets versus Angels. Angels currently minus 3,200 favorites as the Mets have had to go to the bullpen. Jake Reed is in the game. And when Jake Reed is in the game for the New York Mets, nothing good is going to happen there. It is the bottom of the fifth inning. Angels are up by a count of 5-0. And right now with regards to an in-game line, you're currently finding the Angels at minus three thousand, excuse me, minus three thousand two hundred, and your total on this game, you're finding it at an eight and a half. So, right now we've got some interesting developments out there in Major League Baseball. But with that said, we've also got interesting developments as to what's going to be happening with regards to Major League Baseball on Sunday. So let's dive into it as we want to take a look at my DK Nation pick a little bit earlier on in the hour. If you want to miss that, have no fear. We've got you covered in one of two ways. For one, I'm going to be refreshing it at the end of the show in a little bit, over an hour, and then also vston.com slash podcast. We've got you guys covered there as everyone behind the scenes does absolutely amazing work. you got my wonderful producer, Brian Ortega, holding it down. Nick, he is the technical director, and you guys wound up seeing him by Kyle Miranda. He's actually the audio engineer of this show, and he wound up talking Formula One with me earlier in the show as well. That was about an hour or so ago, so if you wanted up missing that, We've got you all covered there, but how about if we wind up going into a game that actually has numbers because we've got a couple games that are still off the board, but out there in Minnesota. It is 971, 972, and we've seen a little bit of a line move on this game with the Tampa Bay Rays on the road facing off against the Minnesota Twins as Cole Sands winds up going for the Twins and Jeffrey Springs is going to be on the bump for the Tampa Bay Rays, and this one literally just changed at DraftKings. You're finding this number not even... 20 minutes ago you're finding the tampa bay rays at right around a minus 120 now you're finding them at a minus 130 there you're going to be finding the race depending on where you shop anywhere between a minus 120 to a minus 130 right around plus 110 to plus 115 is what you're going to be getting with regards to the minnesota twins and your total on this game it is an eight and a half with the over anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120 in terms of the juice and i fully agree with this move i wound up saying the tampa bay Rays closer to a minus 140 personally so. This is a spot where I'd be willing to take a shot on the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays have had a relatively rough go of it in this series, but Jeffrey Springs, ever since he has been put into the starting rotation, he has been masterful. He's got a buck sixty-five ERA. He's given up right around two walks per nine innings, one home run per nine. So, he has been able to do a very solid job of being able to hold down the fort. After he was really a career bullpen guy coming out of the bullpen of the Texas Rangers a few seasons ago. Now he was coming out of the bullpen for the Rays before getting the last seven starts. And as we would do a very nice job holding down the fort. And then you take a look at the flip side for Cole Sands. And this is someone that I just felt like shouldn't have been called up to the big leagues in general. And he has been getting a destroyed in his first few starts. He's made two long relief appearances, two starts and in his two starts, he has given up a grand total of, I believe eight runs all of which were earned. And in the long relief appearances didn't wind up going too much better for him. At the triple-A level this season, he did wind up making five starts, and at the triple-A level, he had a 723 area. I have no idea what the Minnesota Twins saw in this guy that made him think, oh, yeah, now he's ready for the big leagues because last season, he was pitching at the double-A level, and things were going well for him at double-A. He was giving the team right around about four walks per nine innings, but he was giving up less than a home run per nine. He was able to get some relatively good swings and misses, and then this season, Lo and behold, he gets thrown up to the big league level after he lacked command at the minor league level, and he's given up four and a half walks per nine innings. Swing and miss stuff has been there with him, but he's giving up, I'm not even kidding here, 13 hits per nine innings, so that's not too terrific. Now, with the Tampa Bay race, it is a very top-heavy lineup. You've noticed guys like Taylor Walls. They're on there. Mike Zanino, Vidal Brajan, guys like this. They just have not been able to get on base whatsoever for this team, but Randy Arozarena, G-Man Choi, Manuel Margot, all these guys are heading north of a 260 for the team. And for the Minnesota Twins, it's been the Byron Buxton show the last few days. He wound up getting the day off on Saturday, but in his last two games, he combined four home runs. And In terms of home runs on a per-at-bat basis, getting home run every 9.5 or so at-bats, he has been absolutely ridiculous for the team, he was dealing with a little bit of an injury. It in may probably why he wound up getting the day off today, but he's been, ever since, being able to return to full-ish health. Absolutely incredible for this bunch. And then, you take a look down the line. One guy that is very underrated in Major League Baseball, and I wish that there were more guys like it, it's Luis Arias. He's currently hitting a 367th, a 449 on base. So He certainly has been able to supply some very good consistency. For this lineup, on top of that, you've got Ode Polanco, along with Max Kepler, both hitting right around 250. Gilberto Cisino has been an underrated player as well, but you take a look at this Minnesota Twins bullpen, and they're right around league average. They've been able to get back Emilio Pagan, but Jorge Alcala, he's been out since the beginning, part of the season. Then you take a look at some of these less-than-trustworthy guys, like a Caleb Theobar, like a Ty Duffy. These guys have not been too terrific for the Tampa Bay race, even with J.P. Eisen, who had not given up an earned run All season long, being on the injured list, you still have guys like Jason Adam with a sub-2 ERA. Colin Pooch has a sub-2 ERA. You've been able to get some good innings out of even someone like a Matt Weisler. Jalen Beeks has been a relatively solid long guy. Ryan Thompson has been a little bit up and down for the scene. But by and large, you've had the Tampa Bay race really being able to do a solid job for this bunch with regards to their bullpen. And I do think that Jeffrey Springs is going to be able to keep things going. We've seen a little bit of a high-scoring series thus far. I want to say my total at 80 or so here at the 8.5. Going to be taking a look at an under, and when it comes to the race, want to lay up to a minus 143 with them. Also, when it comes to the America East, if you're looking at this one live, the Boston Red Sox have just sent this total over as it's now 5-4 to four in favor of Boston as you wind up getting a home run in this one off the bat of J.D. Martinez. His seventh home run in season, and now for the Boston Red Sox, you've got three guys in the middle of the lineup. Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, JD Martinez, all inning at least a 318, all with at least a 372 on base. So these guys are a mashing. I love the fact that you've got one other guy in the starting lineup hitting above a 250. But yep, the Red Sox now by a kind of 5 to 4, they are going to be going into the middle of the fifth inning. So the full game total, wise of cashing in the first five in that one. So we'll be keeping you guys up to date with regards to that. And then going to be hitting upon so many more games in the final hour. But with that said, I want to give some initial thoughts here when it comes to the Houston Astros versus Miami Marlins. Rollins. This is 977, 978 on the banking board. Justin Verlander has been able to do an absolutely incredible job when it comes to this Houston Astros team. Right now, you're finding that run line in between a minus 110 to a minus 115, and we've noticed that with regards to the run line, about 30% of the time in which a favorite winds up winning, they win by approximately one run, so that's been a little bit of an issue. I'm going to be feeling a little bit more trustworthy about this Houston Astros team, and I'm going to tell you why. In the final hour of the Greg Peterson experience, going to be going through everything that we're going to be getting on the MLB card for Sunday. And if you want to missing my DK Nation pick, we're going to be hitting that on the final hour of the show as well, right here on v Esports Bang Network.
3: Zumo Zumo Play.